Hello, welcome to the Kinks and Beatles Daily Deep Dive. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 236, where we will be talking about Victoria by the Kinks. You might have noticed there was no theme music today. That's because yesterday I was hit on YouTube um, with a copyright claim because of my use of the final chord from A Day in a Life. And you're thinking... Oh, well, you finally made it. If the Beatles are aware of you enough to uh, tell you to stop using their stuff. Nope, not the Beatles. Some random dude who wrote a song. And this song's got over a million views on YouTube. So, I mean, he's not a total nobody, obviously. But um, at the end of his song, he used that same chord. And uh, and he's now claiming copyright now this is automated obviously he he doesn't he's not going around looking for people that are using the day in the life chord and claiming it as his own um but you know his whoever owns the rights to his songs um are automatically generating it so we're not using that theme song anymore just to play it safe i'm pretty sure i'll win the the uh dispute but if i don't um I, I don't want to have to delete it from a thousand videos down the line, so we'll just start cutting it now. Also, I don't know if you've noticed, if you are checking this out on YouTube, I have started putting the old audio episodes up on YouTube. There's over 200 of them, so it's going to take a little bit of time, but those are getting added, so um, if you are interested in revisiting some of the older episodes, or if you're new to the podcast, those will be appearing here, as well as the podcast feed. I want to remind you also, we have a bonus episode coming out March 26th um, at 11.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are talking about the album covers from the Kinks and the Beatles catalogs and their solo catalogs. And uh, so this will be a visual-only episode, obviously, because it's about the album covers. But also, it's going to be um, exclusive for our contributors, first and foremost. So if you have contributed recently to the Kinks and Beatles Daily Deep Dive um, you will get closer to the actual release date. You will get um, an invitation with a link on how you can participate in the live recording as well as the archive. And that archive will remain behind that paywall for two months before it's available to the general public. So if you have contributed, you'll keep an eye out for that email. Um, If you would like to contribute, you can do that at herohabit.com slash shop and um, throw in five bucks now or throw it in you know, monthly as a contribution or throw in 50. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. And then also make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel because once we get um, a certain threshold of users, we can start offering the premium content directly through YouTube and uh, it makes things a ton easier for everybody. All right, enough of that. Today we are talking about, like I said, Victoria from um, Arthur or the Decline and Fall of the British Empire which was released October 10th, 1969. This is the opening track of Arthur, which makes it, in my opinion, um, a contender for one of the greatest opening tracks of all time. Definitely in my top five. And uh, if you are participating in the live stream, there's a poll question on the live chat right now asking where you rank Victoria as far as album openers go. Not just the kinks, but of all time album openers. Um, I think this is... It's actually probably in my top three, and on any given day, it's my number one. Uh, The track was also released as a single on October 15th in the United States and December 12th in the UK. In the US, it was backed with Brainwash, 
and was a minor hit, reached number 32 or 62 in the charts. And in the UK, it was backed with Mr. Churchill Says. Um, failed to chart, didn't do anything there. It did chart in Canada, so you will see um, some places listed as a UK hit. But uh, I don't claim to completely understand what qualifies as Great Britain and what qualifies as UK and what qualifies as the British Empire and all that stuff. But to me, um, when I say UK, I mean the islands of England and, and all that, you know, not Canada and Australia and all that. They have separate charts. So you will see it both ways. But in, in terms of the English audience, it did not chart, which was not unusual for the Kinks at that point. Um, which doesn't make sense. I'll never understand the lack of love the UK had for this band at that time because by this point, between Preservation and uh, Arthur, Ray Davies is pretty steeped in British uh, themes, musical styles, all this kind of stuff. But and they and that's when they abandoned him. You know, when he was doing just straight ahead American style rock and roll. They were behind him, but at this point, they've just completely abandoned him. Um, Billboard magazine predicted that this song would be a chart topper and called Victoria a, quote, groovy rock item, which is the most 1969 Billboard review I can think of. But they also called the band The Kings. So take that for what it's worth. I mean, I'm sure that's a typo, but you can't blame autocorrect in 1969. In the UK, Melody Maker said the song stood a very good chance of chart success, while NME called it a good, gutsy pop disc, but not a big hit. So at the end of the day, I suppose NME is the only one who got it right. But it also goes to show that the British media wasn't opposed or adverse to giving the Kinks good reviews. So it was all just the record-buying public, the radio. I mean, I mean, there were a fair share of negative reviews as well, but... It just doesn't make sense to me. The bulk of the recording for Arthur, the whole album, um, including Victoria, happens in May of 1969. Um, the various band members were pretty busy at that time. There's um, work on a on a Dave Davies solo album. Ray's producing a Turtles album. They're all over the place. And so they set out to record this in as short of a period of time as they could. Um, and it's also important because these are the sessions that um, John Dalton is playing bass as the permanent bassist for the Kinks. Up to this point, he has been on some live dates. Um, he is on a couple recordings prior to this, but always as a replacement as Peter Quaife had kind of bowed out um, here and there to this point. But now Peter's out for good. John Dalton is going to be the bassist for like eight years or seven and a half years or something like that. And Peter Quaif was a great drummer, but um, John Dalton is my favorite of the Kinks bassists. Um, and so from here on out, this is it. And this is the first album that he recorded with the band as the permanent member. And you hear it on this track. I'm not so sure Peter, for as good of a bass player as he was, um, was going to lay down this track the same way John Dalton did. I recently appeared on a different music podcast. It hasn't been released yet. We just recorded it last week um, where I was I was asked to come on and talk about my top 10 Kinks songs of all time. And this one wasn't my number one, but it was on the list. I think I don't want to blow it, but it was pretty high on the list. Um, 
And on any given day, could be my number one, right? Some days, Waterloo Sunset's my number one or sitting in my hotel. And then other days, it's Victoria. You really got me. You know, it, it all depends on my mood. But uh, I, I do remember watching How I Met Your Mother back in the day. And then there's one episode uh, in one of the later seasons where they're teasing this song throughout the episode. You hear the introduction several times. And the reason they're teasing it is because there's going to be this great reveal at the end um, with the character Victoria, who was Ted's ex. And she hadn't been on the show in a while. And I remember sitting there watching it. And any person that's familiar with the song knows what they're doing, right? Because... If you have watched the show and you know this song, you know that there's a Victoria in the past and you know what this song is. So you can kind of piece it all together. But it was still um, it's one of the instances where I think a Kinks song got just expertly used in a, in a media, in a film kind of way. Uh, and I don't remember being that excited for a song being in a show until very recently when they used... Um, Beware of Darkness in an episode of Ted Lasso in the second season, which was maybe the best use of any kind of Beatles song in a, in a movie or a TV show ever. Um, but, you know, so it delights me. Lyrically, Ray is in peak satirist. He's nostalgic for a list of not so great things. You know, he's talking about uh, sex was bad and obscene. The rich were mean. He's poor. Um, he's going to, you know, get drafted and die for his country. These are not great things to be all nostalgic about. But, you know, without painting an idyllic version of home, because it's home, there's room for the nostalgia and fond reminiscence. And that's kind of what this whole album is about. And in a lot of ways, what the preceding album, Preservation, uh, uh, Village Green Preservation Society, um, it's kind of what that album was about, right? It's not perfect, but it's ours. And it's worth preserving and it's worth being nostalgic over. Track opens with a nice simple buildup. Um, but once Mick kicks in with this one on the drums at the, about the 22nd mark, uh, you know the song is going to jam. Because when he opens, he's kind of just doing bass, drum, and hi-hat. And then when the drums kick in, it's like now it's a jam. And then the first chorus kicks in with vocals and that guitar riff, and it's just expertly arranged. The whole buildup, there's a lot of dynamic range and energy in this track that is just expert. And if you've been listening in real time to my Sleepwalker analysis, which we just finished um, last week, this is the energy that I wish those tracks had. Right On top of this exciting playing, you're also getting yelling in the background and Mick getting crazier with every new chorus. There's nothing I'd change about this track. So if they could have taken that energy and and applied it to those 1977 recording techniques, I think Sleepwalker would have been just the most amazing album ever. And like I said, there's nothing I would change about this. How can you hear this and not want to listen to the entire album? I mean, every time it comes on, you know, I've got my little media player. Every time it comes on on random, I'm tempted to just listen to the rest of this album. It is the perfect album opener. The bridge on this track is cool because where most writers would have written something that amps up into the guitar solo, uh, the kinks bring it down. It's, it goes into halftime feel um, and shifts to a little darker tone. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
So it's like it's going full throttle and then it backs up and pulls the reins back. And then the guitar solo comes in and it goes full throttle again. And that's a cool trick that not a lot of songwriters use. And if, if everybody used it, it wouldn't be a cool trick anymore. But uh, I just love that about this song. The dynamic range between the sections of this song is really cool. Then around the 2 minute 57 mark, right after Ray sings Hong Kong, someone gives a scream in the background. I believe it's Dave. I've seen it written that it's Dave. And I feel like you can actually hear the band kick into high gear from that point forward. You know, you hear the scream, Mick answers the scream with a fill, and then it's just like glorious chaos with the horns going and all this, all the vocalists and the guitars and the f- drum fills and then Dalton's impeccable bass playing. This dude is laying down a groove. It's like he's like new to the band and, you know, ready to make his mark. When I taught music in a studio before the pandemic, I would sometimes arrive before my students because there was an electronic drum kit there. And so I would go practice my drums because I don't have a drum set at home. And uh, a lot of times I would put in my headphones and and run this song through the drum machine so I could drum along to this one. And let me tell you, it's not easy. Um, It's great practice if you're wanting to set up fills or set up hits on the offbeat because there's a lot of those. Every Victoria, Victoria, that, that last syllable which is really the strength of that phrase, is on the and of four. And you hear Mick leading up to it. But it's not an easy tune to drum to, and Mick is just killing it. And I think a lot of it is because he's attacking it like a jazz drummer would, particularly in how he leads into those offbeat hits. Right? He's not just, you know, dun tucka dunka dun He's not just hitting it. It's like, bum bum braka do bum Like he's, he's kicking the band off into these hits in the same way a big band drummer would. And that's a, a kind of advanced way to think about it in a rock sense. He also knows when to get out of the way, which is the mark of a great drummer, in my opinion. And he does a cool thing with the groove where he's playing real heavy on one. So even though he's got the backbeat on the snare on two and four where everybody else would put it, he's really laying in it. Bang, dunka, 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 bang, but, right, he's really laying into that one, which then I think makes those hits on the offbeat of four even more powerful because you've been given this boom, two, three, four, boom, two, three, four, boom, two, three, four, and, right? So it's, it shifts that, that pulse a little bit, and I think it makes those syncopations hit even a little bit harder. I mentioned earlier that I ranked this very highly on my list of best album openers. As I talk about it, it's number one, of course. If you were to ask me today, it is the best album opener of all time. Of course, if we were doing a podcast about pet sounds, um, I would say Wouldn't It Be Nice was the best album opener of all time, which is also in my top three or four. So everything about this track makes me want to explore this album deeper. And it also kind of sets up with these dynamic shifts that the song has. It sets up the rest of the album because a lot of the songs on this album feel comprised of smaller bits that are t- you know tied together. You know, the next song is like a mini suite. You know, we've talked about it before uh, on the audio podcast. This one really sets that up with the dynamic shifts. So, chord-wise, it's pretty simple. And if you're watching this live, there might be an error on this screen. We're going to talk about it. So the song is in the key of G, and it stays there forever. 
The verse just uses the primary chords, G, C, and D, for a progression that goes 5, 1, 4, 1, 5, 1, repeat. Pretty simple stuff. And then for the chorus, he throws in a couple more chords for color. And this is a cool bit. The first Victoria is 1 to 5, which is G major to D major. So you got Victoria. And then he does um, uh, 6 to 3, which is E minor to B minor. Victoria. And what's cool about that is that both Victorias go up a fifth. So one is a major and one is a minor. You've got two sets of majors, the 1 to 5. And then you got two sets of minors with the six to three. And so it's a cool little device because it uh, allows for that same pattern, but that second Victoria is going to feel a little different, right? That's a very different feel than... So it's a cool... I, I love that little hook. Um, and after that, it's just a simple five to one and back to the verse. So for the bridge, I actually had everything all mapped out for this, I, and I had written it out on this uh, display here. And now I, I pull out the guitar, and I, I run through the chart, as I always do. I usually analyze it based on whatever sheet music I can find. And then I pull out the guitar, and I run through the chords, just in case I'm, I'm feeling inclined to, to play for you. And every single transcription I could find of this song had him shifting here to E minor and I'm looking at it on paper and it was an actually a pretty cool uh, way to do the bridge because you do it you're going to the sixth chord E minor and G major are relatives to each other so they share the same key signature and even though he's making it feel like you're shifting he was actually staying in G major but then when I pulled out the, the guitar I noticed that he's not playing E minor, he's playing E major. So that's a major sixth chord. So I'm going to put it up to you guys. You can listen to it. If you think it's minor, then what I have written here is correct. If you think it's major, change those sixes to uppercase sixes. So we've got the, um, let me pull up the lyrics here so I don't screw it up. We've got either land of hope and gloria, land of my victoria, Land of hope and gloria, land of my victoria. Okay, that's the minor version. That's the one that is transcribed in every place that I found it transcribed. Here's how I hear it though. Land of my, land of my. So the, 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 the phrase starts on the E, which is the same in E major or E minor. So that part doesn't really matter. And I think the horns are kind of anchoring their line off of the B. That part also doesn't matter. You may not actually even hear whether it's a, a, a major or a minor chord in the prominent voices. But to me, when you're coming off of that... Land of hope and gloria Land of my victoria Land of hope and gloria Right, I hear it as a major. So if that's the case, um, we've actually talked, since we've been doing this video version of this podcast, we've talked several times about that major six. Um, it's been utilized a few times by the Beatles and the Kinks in the tracks that we've covered so far. 
I'm inclined to believe it was a major six. If you think I'm wrong, I'll tell you how to contact me at the end of this episode. But I don't think I'm wrong. I think, and this is incredibly arrogant of me to say, but I think all of those transcriptions I found were wrong. So, we've got a... Someone a couple nights ago thought it would be funny to text me during these live broadcasts because they could hear my phone dinging. And I see they're texting me again, but you can't hear my phone dinging because I remember to turn it off this time. So joke's on you. Um, one thing that I thought was cool is that if he went to minor, it took him 10 bars in that bridge to get back to the home key. All right. If he isn't going to minor, it's still taking 10 bars to get to the tonic, right? Because that first chord, he's not changing keys. It is simply a borrowed chord. So this, the bridge might either start on the only borrowed chord of the song or the minor chord. Either way, he's going 10 bars without hitting the tonic, which is a long time in a pop song to go without ever hitting that home key. So that bridge, even though... I don't think it's shifting tonality. It's just borrowing a chord that between the halftime feel and the, the length of time you go without hearing a G chord, which is your home key, I think really helps to separate the bridge from the rest of the song, which, like I talked about earlier, is what amps up towards the guitar solo. So without amping up by dialing back, he actually ends up pulling more focus towards that guitar solo. Which is a great guitar solo, by the way. Um, I don't know what more I can say about this track. I could have simply said it's perfect and ended this song episode after like four seconds. Going to the poll, 100% of the people who responded to the poll, which was two of you, even though I've seen more of you in the room watching, 100% of you said it's a top five album, op- album opener. So I agree with that, obviously. And... Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. If you have questions or comments about Victoria, make sure to give me a call or an email. I can be reached at um, 925-494-1739. Or you can email me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. And of course, you can find me on all the social medias. We have a subreddit. We have a Facebook group. We have a Twitter page. We have a TikTok account. We have an Instagram. You can reach me on all those with your questions, your comments, or um You can try to convince me that it's an E minor chord on the bridge instead of an E major. All right, tomorrow we are back to Paul McCartney's Ram with the title track, which is maybe my least favorite track on the album. So make sure that you uh, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and set a reminder for any of the upcoming episodes that you would like to participate in, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great day. Stay safe out there.